Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Post Ride Cafe. I'm Sam. This is Aaron. And uh, welcome to episode seven. Or six. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, welcome to episode seven. You know, we're um, another week. A lot of cycling going on this week for, well, most people. Oh, yeah. I mean, some people have the never-ending house saga. It's true. You know, a lot of racing going on in the pro world, but also uh, a lot of riding by you. Not, not botched by me, so we're going to get into our Strava stats of the week. Stats, man. Uh, well, I have zero again. You know, just still moving into the house, there's just a lot of work, you know. I tried, I've been trying to pull fence and move an old house and clean the old house. And, you know, it's just a lot of work to do when you own an acre, apparently. Dude, we'll just call that, you know, uh, alternative physical activity. You know, it's a different type of exercising that you're doing. So yeah. Somehow you're still going to be in the exact race shape. Oh, for sure. I, I actually <laughs> expect to have gains. When I, I mean, I've been staying in my race weight. I've been starving myself. So I've been making up for the lack of exercise. That works. Yeah. Well, how'd you do this week? Uh, not too bad. It started off a little slow. Uh, did 145 miles, uh, but pulled in 7,100 feet of climbing. Not bad. Uh, so that, that was a real nice, uh, a big part of that which my ride of the week uh, was going to South Mountain because it was a full-day silent Sunday where you can be there as long as you want. Weird. Um, I was pretty tired, though, so I didn't, I didn't go that long. Uh, but did 45 miles with uh, just about 4,600 feet of climbing. Sure, yeah, so most of your week was done in the day. Yeah, I mean, I, I missed Silent Sunday. I was really hoping I could get there at least for that and get couple thousand feet and just kind of get a ride in for the week but it's just been a lot longer to do this house stuff than I, I was optimistically expecting i mean it's all good i found somebody else to ride with me so it's true yeah i have a lot of catching up to do but i did hit a pr on on south mountain it yeah. was only three seconds faster but i will say my pr was the first time one of the first times that i rode after getting back from boulder so Altitude gains are legit, and that time I dropped a minute off of my best time. So to be getting back into, without any of those altitude gains, just being in good shape, and then still, you know, dropping time. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's kind of a a win for me. I could have gone a little harder in the beginning. Um, Maybe that would have slowed me down later, but... Yeah, I'm thinking my overall goal, I, I think I can get there. What is your overall goal? I forgot. It's sub-22, okay. which now I'm off by, what, 39 seconds technically to get under. Yeah. Which is totally possible because there wasn't any wind help or anything like that, which is kind of hard on that anyways because sure. there's a lot of back and forth. It was just a good day because it was kind of just dead wind. Oh, so yeah. it was it was really nice. Well, it was just after a big storm, so I was kind of I was telling you the day before that there might be a lot of like dirt in the road, and there's some the way that mountain is set up. There's a little bit of not like landslides or anything per se, but there is you know a lot of loose sand and dirt that can get yeah, on the road. So. It was actually cleaner than normal. <laughs> there was a couple like areas where they normally are with a touch of it, but yeah. basically you could just ride. You know the inside or outside line sure. on a, on those two turns. It was basically two turns. A line? 
Yeah. Who would do that? I, why would you choose a line? I mean, <laughs> so, you know, for those that don't know, I choose the worst lines when I climb. I go, is that the steeper part? Let me go up there. Yeah. I mean, that's, you always have more climbing feet when we do the same exact thing, though. So, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. It's, I'm the worst line picker. That's something that I need to improve on for sure. Downhill lines you got though, especially mountain biking. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that story is great, man. It's like the first time I rode my mountain bike, we were riding in this, not my first time, but like first big outdoor at a, on, a, on a trail ride, not just like through the desert or something. And I found this little spot and I thought I could, I had to like walk the bike up it and I thought I could go down and I was leaned a little too far forward and hit a down, like a little divot in the road and just my shock caught it and just, I just landed right on my Luckily, I was prepared and took a great picture of it. It's at a distance, but it's definitely, you know, over the handlebar, just like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's going to go on the site for sure. I think that's going to be. I'll find it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, no, it was, a, it was a good ride for you. I mean, it was really awesome to see you get a PR. You know, I don't think you were necessarily expecting that or whatever. Um, just kind of. No, I mean, I was trying, but, you know. Yeah. Um, one, but, day, one day. I'll, I'll, I'll be there in a week or two. Yeah, I would say a nice thing this week, we can pretty much skip news because racing news is better than, you know, filler news. Yeah, there really wasn't a lot of news anyway. Like, I went back and kind of looked and, like, nothing really stuck out as, like, worth talking about. So, um, well, a lot of two good races this week. There was a route to Seoul, so we'll start there. And then what was the other one? Uh, Algarve? Uh, Volta Algarve. Yeah. I got so confused on these, like, because the name of Route to Seoul is, like, the Valencia something de Valencia route de Sol something or other and so well and then I think at some point in the the year there's like the route de Sud yeah which is in a totally different country yeah <laughs> I got so confused that's what I thought this race was <laughs> yeah. at first it's too many races um, yeah so stage one I actually got to uh, watch the the last like twenty k of this it was a pretty cool race um, you know Fuglesong and Landa went on a, on an attack and went solo. And they just worked really well together. They were just taking turns, you know, cruising on, you know, just going up this uphill finish and just kind of taking it and just putting everyone in their place. They had, I forgot what they, you know, I forgot what they went to the line at, but it was, it was a good amount where one of those two was going to win the race, basically. I think it was roughly a minute that yeah. they had on everybody. And they looked smooth. Like, you watched them pedaling and it was just, like, no problems. Like, Fuglesong especially, just super high cadence and, like, you know, uh, Landa had a slightly, you know, lower cadence, just as his natural uh, desire. But Fuglesang looked like he was spinning like a 400, dude. That guy was just cruising. And then he looked back at the, the I guess, the Peloton, I guess, the chasing group. And, like, they are all just, like, suffering. And, like, everyone has this, like, pain face. And, like, those two were just, like, having a stroll. That's yeah. Pretty much what it looked like. Well, and I kind of was, you know, noticing that it was, like, the Strade style oh, finish yeah. through. It was narrow and through the... Oh, yeah, little gutters in the middle that everyone yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that's when you see, like the guys who are doing really well. They're the ones who you're like, how? Because it's steep up it's there. Steep there, yeah. And same thing, you know, those guys are always looking smooth, like putting out the power, and then there's guys just spat out the back. Oh yeah, I will add that to like my list of things I want to ride when I go to Europe. Is like, oh, this type of like town village, you know, like oh. yeah. If I could do the Strade finale and then just like. You know, eat shit in that corner. That corner <laughs> yeah. is so crazy. Hopefully it's wet oh, and you, yeah. you just slide right into that plaza in front of everyone. Oh, yeah. They just like look up from their coffee. Yeah, their espresso. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it was a really cool finish. I love those little, uh, you know, villages. I don't know, what, what was this in? Um, 
What country was this in? Oh man, was it uh, Spain or, or uh, I am not gonna I even Algarve say was in that Portugal. But I don't even remember where this was. Yeah, I'm not gonna I even feel say like that I, I was. Know, and I would if I heard it. I know I know I heard it this week. I just can't remember what it was. But anyway, that type of like little village where it's all cobbled streets and stuff, and it's kind of like Italian or, you know, I've never been to Europe, so maybe just all of Europe. Spain. Looks like that. I had to look it up. It was Spain. Okay, yeah. it makes sense, like based on the name. But I didn't want to just assume. I don't want to make an assumption too. Well, I mean, you know, because you got to have Portugal, which you know we have another race over there, so pretty close. Um, anyway, it was really cool. And then uh, Fuglesang powered away from Landa and, and took that pretty handily. Um, he's just. In pretty good form. Yeah, we'll we'll see how good. <laughs> Not really helping his case when people are thinking he's a doper. But yeah, he doesn't seem to care. No. Uh, so stage two, uh, I watched the end of this, which was the best part to watch. It was pretty cool because so they dropped down uh, into a descent. They were going over ninety kilometers, and then they had this kind of bridge that went over. Uh, I think it was like a dam, and then. It, Another kind of more open this time, not through a city, but a twisty uphill finish. Yeah. And Kaharual Rider went off the front. And, you know, they kept saying, you know, local knowledge that, you know, he just knew where to attack. Because it was like the last 750 meters and held off everyone. You know, they were expecting it to kind of be a small bunch sprint or you know one of the main guys and yeah he, he held them off and I, lo- I looked up the winner uh, Gonzalo Serrano and it shows on pro cycling stats that he's mainly a sprinter too so and it was a climb Weird. so it's just probably he he knew exactly when to go he's like I, I can hold this power and I can hold off the group and yeah. nobody else knew what was going on so it was pretty cool but just an interesting last little bit of the finish I think it was probably the last 5K, you just had a variety of things going on. Sure. Well, what happened in uh, stage three? Uh, so stage three, same kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. I remember this stage. I, oh, yeah? I read the show notes. I remember this one. I, I, I Go ahead. Sorry. Oh. I mean, you, you, you want to take it, man. Uh, yeah, I guess I will. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, this was a, like a breakaway stage, but they got the breakaway got caught in the last couple kilometers, and there was this pretty tricky finale. Uh, and pretty tricky if you ask Tunes, but um, you know there was some movement going on. You had the leaders kind of jump out, so you had Tunes, Landa, Fuglesang, uh, Jack Haig, and Izagiri like kind of jump away from the pack, and they're going through these tight corners. And then there's this. Uh, oh, there was this section where Tunes made this crazy swoop on the inside corner. Did you see this? Yeah, that was nuts. I, I actually rewound it and showed the old lady, and like, dude, she was like. Even she was so shocked and impressed. Like he just took this like wicked line and like dove ahead of Jack Haig and like took this tight, tight corner and threaded a needle and like it was pretty impressive. Uh, and then like eight hundred meters later, he missed a corner and just like, <laughs> went straight into like the fans or something. I don't know what yeah. happened. And Jack Haig kind of followed him because he was right on his wheel. And uh, I think he just had nowhere to go. No, and so he got pretty annoyed that he missed the turn because those two had just kind of attacked. Uh, in the last, you know, kilometer, and they looked like they was two were going to win the stage, and so when Tunes missed that corner, it set it up for uh, Fuglesang to come around and just solo it away, and right behind him was Bilbao, but, and then, you know, McNulty came up in third, really right behind him, and you know, McNulty looked 
awesome in this stage. Yeah. No, I, mean, I was... You I could was, see that he was new, but he looked good. Yeah, I guess speaking of that, so stage four, same kind of thing. It's Haig, Fulksang, Landa, and McNulty. Uh, same thing, in a group together. Uh, McNulty kind of goes in the front and attacks the group. And just a little too aggressive, he gets dropped. Uh, Haig ends up w- winning and basically just a three-up sprint with them. But same thing, you know, he's he's there, but obviously he's just young. And these guys, you know, Fulksang, he's a seasoned, seasoned pro. Oh, yeah. Like, he's he's, like, he's going to... 33 or 35? Yeah, he's going to like let you attack him and, and know what he can do. And mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, good for him for trying. Um, and, you know, just more to come as well. I mean, the way I see that, though, is, like, it's just practice. Like, he gets to go out there and, like, try something bold. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but like, you know, when he's on stage two and they're, or um, stage three and they're going through like little cobbled sections and like all this stuff, I mean, that's just stuff that he's getting experience on and like to be able to hang with the quote unquote big boys and like come in third and be in the main It's really group true. And it is and very to, impressive. And it's beginning of the year. So it's, you know, maybe this stuff pays off at the end of the year in, yeah. a, in an actual... I don't think either of these were world tour races, but in a world tour race. Yeah, but like we had said last week, like the Route de Sol had a lot of competition. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. This was a very competitive race besides looking at the leader's time. Like besides that first stage when they got that big gap. Like yeah. The rest of the stages were very competitive. And so, you know, you had Bilbao who, who can compete. You know, there's no like premier grand tour winner in this race, but there was a lot of upper tier guys, right? You know, tier two level, Fuglesong, Bilbao, you know, Izagiri has won some, you know, he won this race last year, I believe. So, like, you know, there was some good competition for McNulty to really test himself against, and I think he did really well, especially on that stage with the cobbles and stuff that he hasn't probably had a lot of, as much experience. Yeah. And obviously he paid for that in stage four, but, you know, he still is, like, just putting together consistency is what I'm seeing out of him, and that's, that's exciting. Yeah. How did uh, the TT go? Yeah, so I actually got to watch this one live. And I will say, uh, when I woke up, I should have woke up a little earlier. And as soon as I turned the TV on, it was right at the end of the stage. Uh, and so like, I quickly rewound it. I saw who... Um, it was right when Fuglesang crosses the line. Like, literally. Like, at the exact moment. As he crossed the line, I turned it, I turned it on. And so I was like, ah, oh, crap. But I rewound it real quick. And I got to watch the last, like, you know, 20 minutes or whatever. So I already knew what happened, but I wanted to kind of see how everyone was doing. And, yeah. Um, you, know, you got to see McNulty. They didn't really show him too much, but, uh, but man, you get to see Landa just suck ass. Dude, that guy <laughs> shit the bed. <laughs> Dude, he's terrible. He looked terrible. Awful. Like for somebody who was like, what is he in second place? You know, like firm grasp in second, him and, you know, Hager really fighting it out. And like he just, where did he end up anyway? I don't even know. O- overall yeah. or... So he was third. He so he maintained his third place. Well, I think he was in second because him yeah, and because him and Land. So him and Lando, you know, went off and gained all that time, and he ends up. Hague gets second because of how shitty he was in the time trial. Yeah, like when you you basically had a minute on these guys, and just from how poor your time trial was, is pretty. You know, he can claw back into that. I mean, on a. On a bigger race with with more competitive guys in a TT, you're gonna totally drop off the podium and 
probably out of the top five with stuff like that. It's not the first time he would have lost a podium. No, <laughs> I guess for some reason I thought he had lost, like, I thought he ended up in, like, fourth or fifth place. But, yeah, it looks like he went down to third and was just a little bit ahead of uh, Izaguirre. Who was well, he had so much seconds. time, so it... No, he did. But, yeah, he looked awful. He came in, you know, way back. I th- he almost got passed. Yeah. That was uh, an interesting finale of that stage. Like, you know, so Toons ended up winning that time trial, and, you know, it was pretty tight. I think he won by, what, 0.8 seconds or something. Oh, yeah, it was super close. But saying, I don't know if he's ever done a time trial that well. I mean, he's not a terrible time trialist by any means, but I think, you know, there's something about having, you know, yellow or, you know, the power of the leader's jersey where you just kind of push a little harder and it makes you try. And so um, I don't think he's ever been in a position where he's been fighting for something, so he kind of just phones it in, in a sense, and, like, does well, but doesn't push himself too hard. So I think being in the leader's jersey, he really was very aggressive this race. And so, you know, some of the commentators were were saying that he's, you know, really just trying to prove a point and kind of get back at his naysayers and stuff. And, like, first of all, this doesn't help him, in my opinion. Like, you know, going out and, like, just wasting people on a bunch of climbs doesn't make people think that you're not doping, you know? Like, and I don't know, and I don't care, but, like, I'll still watch him because I really enjoy him. I wish he had went on his own a couple years earlier than he did, working for the Schleck brothers for no reason. Uh, I thought he was way better then, but I'm glad to see him doing well now. I don't, and whatever. Yeah, he was on a mission for sure. I was kind of thinking, not the, quite the same scenario, but I think it was last year Tim Willens went out and won a climbing, you know, won a, an uphill finish stage won the time trial and another thing, like in a small stage race and the same kind of thing. Yeah. And the same, you know, you just, if you have that motivation and you think you can win, you, you definitely push it further. Yeah. Well, uh, real quick, we wanted to kind of t- do a little takeaways from the race, you know, as we kind of see these early season races and kind of extrapolate that into what's going to happen further on down, you know. And so first thing, obviously, Fuglesang is just on fire, right? But, you know, he did this last year where he kind of burned bright all season long. But I don't think he started this early, but can he keep doing that? I don't know. I mean, he's getting up there. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see if he can hold over the season. Maybe he's going to have this early season peak and then a later peak. Uh, I could see that working. Sure. Yeah, taking a little break in between. Yeah, because there's no way you're holding it over the whole the whole season. No, you're not. Not like that. You're not Kibakoski or Valverde, you know? Yeah. Like, um, so yeah, that, we'll see how that goes. I mean, he's just, you know, blazing out of the gate for sure. Yeah, and I would say, you know, another one is, you know, Landa looks good, but with that TT, like, he's supposed to be their GC leader. You, yeah. you can't be a GC leader with that right now. I just don't remember him being that bad at time traveling. Like, I, we were talking about this right before the show. I, I just thought he was like right around Nibley area, you know, like not top tier and not like third tier, but like in that solid second tier. But maybe he just, I mean, he could just be out of form on that, right? But I don't remember him being that bad. I mean, he's not as bad as like Bardet, but he's close. Yeah, I thought he he's, was He's probably in the like Aru status of TTing. Mm. I put him more <laughs> up as, a, as a TJ. I mean, TJ's got the diesel. You don't, you don't mess with that. You don't mess with the diesel. Uh, Jack Haig, you know, he actually impressed me a lot in this race. Very aggressive, but he was consistent. He was in every stage, except yep. for stage one, when it really counted, apparently. But he was in all the other ones, and he was an animator. You know, he didn't 
you know, just sit idly by. He attacked and he was very aggressive. So I thought that was pretty neat to see. You know, you get with Mickleton Scott, you just have a bunch of dudes working for the Yates brothers, you know, and um, Esteban. But I hope he gets a chance to kind of lead in another stage race before the, the big Grand Tour starts. Yeah, I was going to say, if not this year, like next year, he needs to get a bigger leadership role because I think he can handle it. Different team. Maybe. Maybe that's Not what it comes do. down to. Calling it. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe your your Trek boys can, can pick him up because, well, actually, I mean, I they'll try to use him as a domestic. But, I know. And then he'll, you know, outclimb Port or something. And then <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, Trek is, you know, improving this year and, uh, you know. I did have a, 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 a month or so when I got a little bit down on them, but I still can't get away. I just like Trek, you know, bicycles and everything else. So, uh, But, yeah, last takeaway of this race. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, just we talked about it a few times, but just McNulty steadily improving and yeah. same kind of thing with Haig. He's, he's been given more of a leadership role now and there's a lot more team support. So it's a little more pressure, but... I think he's handling it well and and deserves it right now. So definitely see that goes. All right. Well, that take, wraps us there. Let's go over to the Algarve, Volta Algarve here. Um, you know, stage one, kind of a straightforward sprint stage type stage. And so you had, you know, at the very end, you had Tim Wellens kind of go for it. Uh, MV, uh, you know, Matthew Vanderpool was there, but he was just putting in work for his team, you know. And so it's his first race back from cyclocross season, but he put in a lot of work for his team. Uh, just kind of seeing him setting pace on the front of the sprint train was kind of interesting to watch. It'll probably pay dividends for him later. Yeah. Uh, but in the end of the day, it was uh, Jakobsen, you know, pulled off the victory. Yeah, he just looked the strongest on, on there. Um, so stage two. Uh, so a steady climb throughout. I forget how long that was, but I think it was probably in the six-ish range. And last 750 meters... Avenipol just looks insane. Yeah, I didn't get to watch this. I need to go back. Just highlights. the way that he pulled away, it was like nibbly holding on to a car. Yeah, going past people. <laughs> minus the car. <laughs> yeah, minus the car. Uh, but he was just, just clearly pulls away. Uh, but pretty cool. Uh, Shockman goes out, waited a little too long, I think, and just barely misses out on the line. He oh, yeah. almost caught him. Oh, yeah. And there was quite a gap to, to catch him. Um, and Dan Martin came out looking awful as ever on a bike, but get gets third. Dude, that guy is so bouncy. Yeah. Just elbows out, ban- bouncy, face looks just gaunt, like terrible. Well, you know, elbows out works for some riders. Yeah, true. Uh, stage three. Kind of another straightforward sprint stage. Uh, Cesc Bowl won that one, and kind of cool. He went long and just held it. Yeah. He just outpowered everyone, and no one could get around him. But cool to see a different sprinter winning. And I feel like I've seen him won, win something before. The name is familiar. He outsprinted Sagan. People can do that. I'm just, I'm just saying. I what? thought that's where you were going. No, not at all. I actually, <laughs> I mean, I always love a good Sagan beating, but I think it was Tour California. That is he on Sunweb? He is on Sunweb. Okay, he just looks super. The name is super familiar, and I've seen it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, stage four. Uh, this one I watched a little bit on. So this one is a pretty steep finish. You know, it's a big mountain stage. Uh, it wasn't like the, the the climb was long per se, but there was just a lot of climbing all day, right? 
and a lot of uncategorized claims. Yeah. And, um, you know, Evenepoel had his guy working for him on the front. They were just keeping everything under control. Evenepoel looked great. You know, he just looked, you know, kind of like he was in the Columbia. Like, he just looked calm and collected. And, like, you can never tell when that dude's suffering, you know? Like, he just always looks on top of it. And it's so crazy to think he's only 20. And, uh, you know, Shockman's still looking good. And uh, I'll tell you who didn't look good. Grant Thomas. Oh, man. He did not look very good. I mean, you know, look. It's the beginning of the season. He's just trying to get into shape for later on in the season. It's not a big race for him, but he definitely has some work to do. You know, even those 300-mile rides around or 300-kilometer rides around Mallorca is not helping him at all. Yeah, I would say the whole team looks bad, though. Like, you just see one after the other just dropping off, like, way quicker than other guys on there. Yeah, I think, you know, they had a pretty bad season last year as far as, like, their team. You know, they just didn't look as good in the Tour de France and stuff. I think they're just all kind of burnt out. Or they're no longer able to get their... You know, yeah, I was like, they're, they're no longer Sky, dude. So they don't have the, the secret Sky marginal yeah. not doping gains. Yeah. So I don't know. So he dropped early. Not a big deal. And then uh, at the very end here, last 500 kilometers or 500 meters. That's a long... 500 <laughs> kilometers is a long way to go solo. That's something... Two, uh, two Milan San Ramos. They, uh, yeah. they, they That's something uh, Tony Martin. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to call him this stupid nickname. Uh, was it Miguel Angel Lopez uh, went at the last 500 and, and took the victory, you know, pretty, uh, you know, strong victory for him. And uh, uh, one thing that kind of annoyed me about this though, is, you know, there was an article on, on, you know, teamskynews.com uh, cycling news that said he got what he wanted out of the stage race and he got his victory, you know, he got a stage. So he's happy. And it's like, you know, if you're trying to win a tour de France or a GC uh, on a grand tour, you can't be satisfied with winning a stage somewhere. No, that that's a that's a Roman fucking Bardet. I have the polka dot jersey. I'm totally satisfied. Yeah. Like, no, you, you went can. for GC, yeah. and now you have a polka dot jersey, which counts for nothing. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's an awesome jersey. But nonetheless, like, if I was Lopez, I wouldn't be happy, you know. Maybe he just said that in the paper just to be polite. But, like, you just can't be satisfied with that, especially losing to someone who's 20, you know. Yeah. Not just anybody. I mean, it is a Venable, you know, like, you know, who... You know, ended up being in the lead at that time, but you know, going into the time trial, Venepool was obviously a world-class time trialist, so he knew, you know, at that point he wasn't going to win the race. But you know, this goes back to, you know, attacking with 500 meters to go is just so annoying. It's yeah. like a token effort, and you get a stage, but you don't actually get anything. You know, yeah, it gets you, you gotta nowhere in, in gaining time. And Venepool actually got dropped a little bit. And he, I think he only ended up losing like three or four seconds, but he was suffering. So like classic case, like if if Lopez would have attacked with 1K to go, you know, he probably could have gained 15, 20 seconds at least on him. Because, yeah. you know, Eventipol said after the stage that that was the hardest he'd ever worked and like he was really close to his red and like could have blew him out. Yeah, that's how you, you pop somebody and yeah. then, then they lose a minute, you yeah. know, because they're just completely cracked. Yeah, you just, you can't do that 500 meter attack. It just... Just pisses me off. I hate it. <laughs> All right. How did that finish? Uh, stage five? Yeah. Yeah. That was the time trial. So you had, basically it was set up as like, Rohan Dennis was there and Eventable, right? One and two at the World at the world Championships. And, uh, you know, besides a, a, a shocking placing by, uh, you know, Simon Geshka. Did you, did you see that on the replay? No. <laughs> like the time counters were wrong. So it showed Simon Geshka in the lead like, <laughs> at the best time. 
Everyone's it like, but it no. Wasn't, right? so, yeah. like, so anyway, real quick, Dennis, Rohan Dennis went early and he set the time, right? So he was in the hot seat for, for most of this, you know, the majority of this race. And so at the time, you know, Venipol goes last. And so uh, Samageshka went like seventh or eighth or tenth. He was pretty in the top ten. But he, it said he did like, you know, seven or minutes or, or like a couple minutes faster than Rohan Dennis. And I was like, come on. There's just no way. Maybe he got in the car or something. And it was pretty funny because, like, the commentators were just like, well, they're like, you know, we got to give him his respect. Like, he's a professional athlete, you know, but it's like, it just doesn't seem correct, you know? And it's like... Well, that happened with Arue, I think, a year or two back. The the timing was off and said that he won a, a time trial. Yeah. And everyone was like, hmm, I guess. And then, yeah, no, it wasn't the case. And so that actually reminded me. I forgot to put this in the show notes, but I was kind of surprised in this race there was a lot of things that were off on like kilometers to go and the yeah. like, time of this time trial. Like there was little errors that like, you know, they're like, Oh, they only have, you know, 800 meters to go, but it was actually more, you know, it's like their, their kilometer ticker was off. And so that was kind of, it just kind of takes you out of the race a little bit when you're expecting something to happen soon. And like, you need that, that Kofidis timing system. And no, now that they went uh, world tour, they can't afford it. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're good system. Anymore. Yeah. They're like, this is for us. So anyway, uh, Dennis sets the, the standard, right? Which n- no surprise, but Eventipol goes out and just crushes it and like just has another amazing time trial and he ends up winning. And I, I think he ended up winning by 20 or 30 seconds or something. I think I can't remember the exact time, but it was like, it was a good amount, and uh, yeah, yeah, he set the standard on that, and uh, yeah, won, ended up winning that stage and the and the whole race. So, second stage race uh, of his career, he's been, and that's both this season. So he's had a great start to his year, which jumps us right into our takeaways. Yeah, I was gonna say with that, you know, what you just said, he's won both stage races that he's ridden this year, and crushed both time trials. Yeah, and it's, I mean, he's climbing well, he's time trialing well, which we've talked about. Like this is the way that people are writing right now, mm-hmm. GC, you're not, you're not beating anybody by being a pure climber. It's just, it doesn't work right now. So he, he's looking great, you know, for future. Oh, definitely. And, uh, and uh, technically he won by 10 seconds. Not by time trial. I just saw. But anyway, yeah, he's having a great season and just blowing out time trials. Yeah. Uh, I'd say for Shockman, I think he just, he looks like he's in real great shape. He'll probably do well in the Arden style. I don't know if he's quite, he could probably do a stage race. I don't know what his program looks like, but I think anything that has that steep finish is, is going to be uh, a good race for him. Yeah. Um, well, the, uh, you know, Miguel Anka Lopez is, has been working on his time trial, and it shows. And the same goes, there was another guy that had been working on his time trial. I think it was uh, Quintana had been working on his time trial as well on Arkea. So it's nice to see these guys realize that they got to put work in. Yeah, and like this, I said this about um, last year during the Tour de France. I said this about Pino. You know, he was a terrible descender, and he put a lot of work in it, and he looked great on descending last last Tour de France. So like, it's true. These guys that actually put in the real work, I think, is very impressive. You know, someone like Bardet never seems to work on his time trial. And I'm like, I was like, like uh, and Dan Martin because he was Ooh. terrible in that time trial as well. I think that's who I was confusing. With because that didn't Dan Martin like lose so many placings or something? Oh, he was it was bad. Yeah, it looked bad. He I think got past or he was about to get past. Like I don't I think maybe it was like right at the line. It was a, yeah, it was yeah. But he That's was going was. to get passed by yeah. I forgot who was behind him. I think it was Remco. Oh yeah, it was 
It was bad. Yeah, it was pretty rough. That was a rough time trial. He looked just plain awful. Yeah, I would say real quickly, uh, our our last race, I, I didn't watch everything on here. I don't know how much of it was televised, but I kind of looked over the news on it and Tour of the Alps. Uh, big thing, Quintana takes stage win, which everybody was talking about that he climbed... Um, Montu? Yeah, the fastest. And it's not the full thing. and Sure. So he knew where... His, but still, he's obviously in good form and you know i kind of put down he's you know showing renewed form which is which is good for him it's it's an early race but i would say it did have pino bardet and port who yeah i mean ports and i and i've seen bardet in other races this year so it's it's not their first and, and port obviously usually does well in um the australian races so he should be in decent shape and yeah. Quintana easily took them all out yeah, no, he's definitely showed improved form, and he's looking stronger than he has been. I think he definitely was just getting stifled in, in the Movistar trifecta, and so I think this new team is a breath of fresh air. So we'll see where he takes it. You know, he got a bated breath. You know, I don't want to expect him to win anything, but he's definitely looking better. Yeah, and uh, let's omloop preview. Yeah, yeah, so we're kind of, you know, uh, we're already pushing the 30-minute mark, but I think the way these races go, and I think our average episodes is going to creep out to, to higher to higher limits. But yeah, I have Omloop this week. Do we have our first classic of the season? Very excited. I mean, you could count Cadell Evans' great oceanroadrace.com or whatever. But the Schwable? Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, that one is a uh, not a classic. But yeah, so we have our first like big Belgian classic, right? You know, and uh, Sunday we have Kearns Brussels Kearns, but Omloop on Saturday, unfortunately. I have a work engagement, and I'm not going to be able to watch that live. Maybe we could. I might ride in the morning, so maybe we can do a, a later if it works out. Dude. We'll figure it out. All right. So uh, who are our favorites of this race? So I put down the favorites because there could be a lot of names here. This was who I had seen throughout the years so far being showing good form. So I have Vanderpool, clearly. He's been putting in work, coming off the cross season. Yeah. I think he's going to be good. Uh, Steve R. also. Anyone from Dakunik, it's just, oh, yeah. there's a lot of names on there. and, it's and they time of year, dude. Yeah, so really anybody on them. Uh, Pedersen, just for the amount of work that he was doing for Richie Port. Dude, that was and pretty cool. looking super strong. Uh, GVA, also, he was there or, or better in the climbs uh, with Vanderpool. Uh, throughout the Algarve, so yeah. I, I think he's just strong. Yeah, he's Tunes, putting some work. Yeah, Tunes for sure as well, just, again, strong. As long as there's very obvious corners. Yeah, yeah. and then I put Kristoff in there as well, because I sometimes he had some bad uh, placings but or positioning, but he, he looks strong in the sprints as well. And he has a fighter's chance. I would have put him in the wild card slot here. That right, you, you can you drop developed. him. Um, because Kristoff is always a wild card for these. I wouldn't call him a favorite at all. I mean, and you put Benute in wild cards. So, you and know. This was, I was saying, it's just based on the form that I've seen. Because yeah. I haven't seen Benute race. Maybe That's he right. has, but I haven't seen him enough that he's done anything. Well, I still think you're wrong. Kristoff is not a <laughs> all But anyway, right. when Kristoff wins and Benute <laughs> drops out, then. Hey, we can call you correct. No, uh, <laughs> wild cards, you have what? Bajas, Cabrelli, Stefan Kuhn, you know. Bosenhagen always there. 
Nikki Terpstra, which is a you know, Pample's favorite writer. And only be, I only say that because she doesn't know any writers. And every time I get her to watch her classics, like we'll sit and wa- uh, watch it and have coffee. She's always, all she sees is Quickstep jerseys. And so, you know, at the time he was on Quickstep. And so I had always joked that Terpstra was her writer. And so he did win a few races. But yeah, so him and Oliver Nason. So yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot of these guys, we haven't seen too much out of them. I know Terpstra is looking to have a better season than he did last year. Um, I always kind of liked him, and, and it was interesting to see him go to direct energy, and to have a kind of off-season was a little bit unfortunate, so I'm kind of excited to see if he can get back to it a little bit. Uh, the rest of these guys, yeah, I haven't seen too much out of them, so, you know, first classic of the season, and, uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and call a quick step right, they're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, that's the easy money, but... I mean, also easy money. I guess I'll go Vanderpool if we have to uh, choose one or the other. Yeah, if there was a World Championships on the line, I would call Vanderpool with like 4K to go. Oh. Maybe, you know, 1K to go, I can get Trenton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think Quickstep will win. Um, they just always seem to, especially at the beginning of the season. And they just get more dominant as they get more form and, and teamwork together. And they're already, most of those guys are the same. So. It's, it's theirs to lose, basically. Yeah, pretty but much. Vanderpool, you're right, is the wild card in the sense of, like, he doesn't need a team. He can just do whatever he wants. But as we saw in the World Championships, like, he did these long stage races, or not stage races, but long classics races can kind of nip him a little bit. So um, we'll see if he, he's kind of been able to dose himself and maybe eat more carbs. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's hard changing your shape from short cyclocross and mountain biking, which he's also focusing on this year, yeah. to the long, you know, kind of race and, and dragging that out. So we'll uh, so, see. So besides the, the, the two big favorites, Quickstep or, or uh, Vanderpool, who do, who, do you think might, who do you think might win in like a, a weird race, you know? Uh, or who would you want to see win, I guess, besides GVA? Uh, I mean, I was going to pick GVA just as, as a potential winner. Yeah, I I'm gonna throw I'm going to throw Kung. Stephen Kung, just because I've seen him, uh, he's been looking strong this, this year as well, and I think he could maybe pull one of those random solos that maybe someone doesn't want to chase down or think yeah. will catch him. Yeah. Well, that's where I'm picking. All right, I'm going to go Christoph. <laughs> <laughs> You're ridiculous. <laughs> All right, well, I guess that's it for this week. We'll be back next week with uh, see who won the envelope, dude. Yeah, big All news. Right. Until then, see ya. See ya.